Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer. Meh. Textual healing. So the uh, the Pope, Pope Francis, recently took one of his stands. Um, uh, he's been, I think I feel like overall he has sort of vacillated between being like uh, reasonable and somewhat level-headed to stuff where you're just like, what, dude? Uh, and this is one of those moments where told an audience of the Vatican that dogs and cats replacing children is quote a form of selfishness. He's basically saying that people, um, couples in particular, that don't have children, uh, uh, that, that having pets instead of children was another phenomenon of cultural degradation and that emotional relationships with pets are easier than the complex ones with children, which is like yeah, bro, that's the point. Okay. Uh, First he, off. I mean, he said that in 2014, that last part in 2014, <laughs> but he's really using this moment for some reason to, to to shit on couples who don't have kids and instead choose to have pets, which is like, what a, what a bizarre. I, I, love, I, I love, I love Elliot's contempt. Elliot, whom is the proudest dog owner of anyone oh, yeah, you'll ever yeah. meet is like so filled with contempt for this. I know. And part of me, when I, when I read this, when it first came out and then of course saw we were doing it, like it just, it, for me, now I don't, I'm not Catholic, so I don't give a fuck about the Pope, but I also understand the role the Pope plays within the leadership of the Catholic church and what mm-hmm. the Catholic church is. And he you you what do you expect him to do like right it's of just, course yeah he's he's gonna advocate people to have children so that they can be baptized catholic and then more catholics will grow in the catholic but, church i mean also like, like that's, it, that's his it, job it, in a lot but of he's ways. not saying catholics and he he's a blanket statement that people who choose to have well, dogs and no, cats that is about catholics i mean he i get what you're saying that he, he's not saying catholics alone but when the pope talks it's only to Catholics. Mm, it's not yeah. necessarily a doctrine for us in any way, uh-huh. shape, or form. <laughs> he, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't care about me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I. I will say it's a sentiment that probably most most 
parents in their 60s who don't have grandkids would agree with (laughs) if if their kids have only have a dog and they want grandkids then you would they're probably telling their friends right now it's just so selfish it's so selfish i've seen so many women pissed at the animals being like yeah your dog's cute but give me a grandkid (laughs) i it, it actually it's funny um my uh my parents were counted we have this we have this family friend who uh she her husband passed away and she has one child uh one surviving child and that child has told her i'm not gonna have kids so mm-hmm. this this family friend of ours is you know presumably not gonna have grandkids um and my parents uh are mad <laughs> they're oh, like at kind the of mad at the, i mean you know, within, re- they're not, at, at, they're not like calling him up, but they're like, yeah. you know, that's just, it's a real shame. And because I think they, they, they know the joy of having grandkids for them. I think that's really important to a lot of people who have kids um, is to eventually become a grandparent. So they want their yeah. friend to experience that. So I, I, think I, I don't think anything, of, yeah. I don't think anything of that is untrue. And I also don't yeah. think that, I also don't think that, uh, that, um, not having kids i don't think that like there's anything wrong with having kids i just don't think it's a judgment call to make you look selfish or unselfish one way or the other Mm -hmm. in making that choice and uh but i also feel like i mean i thought it would be interesting to talk about this because it's like obviously queer people have children less than straight people have children and so even if he is just talking to the catholics it's like yeah again fuck you like yeah i understand why it would be a bummer to be a grandparent without you know, grandkids, yeah. but at the same time, that's not, you know, about there's a them. reason it's not about that, them. Yeah. It's not about them. And there's a reason yeah. that like millennials, I think, but definitely Gen Z, Gen Z kids or whatever are veering away harder from like this traditional kind of thing. It, it, yeah. it, it's, it's because I, I, I think it's because, uh-huh. because um, it feels like it could be selfish to have kids because you think you have to you know what i mean like the mm. pressure is changing or the, the 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 narrative is changing and by the way there is nothing wrong with having a dog or cats <laughs> <Here we laughs> well go. i mean part of me is like this thing with the pope it's it, i mean to me it's clickbait in that like yeah journalists were like oh this will get people angry yeah, yeah, yeah. and just because it's like he's the fucking pope like mm-hmm. what you you really want him Ugh. out here being like you know what? Fuck around. Don't get married. Like, mm-hmm. don't have kids. Like, but even live, if he's, even if he's your, just... and I get that he has a responsibility. I get that he, his message means a lot to more than non-Catholics. It's like, I would expect, I would actually be more shocked if he said, don't have kids. You know yeah, what I mean? I mean, I guess so. I just, even if he is just speaking to Catholics, he says not having biologic, first of all, like, by the way, like I personally have, a, I've adopted my, my dogs. And if I have kids, I plan to probably adopt kids too, because I feel <laughs> yeah. like if yeah. I can save a kid who's already here, of course, I'm going to yeah. do that. But he says not having biological children. Cause Catholics are weird. A, They're fucked up. People. I know <laughs> not having biological children is a de- oh, quote, denial of fatherhood and motherhood and diminishes us takes away our humanity and that having a child is always a risk but there's more risk in not having a child because it goes that's not true it goes of course it's not and it doesn't meet what we believe today but it goes with again that sort of outdated very sort of catholic theology in that you don't they don't believe in stem cell research they don't believe necessarily in there's they don't believe in uh contraceptives they don't believe it's like it's it's that part of of the job description for pope 
that you have to meet, even if the actual Pope Francis understands in the real world, people adopt and it's a good thing. Like it's this weird disconnect that I think Catholic, the theology behind Catholicism has not met with modern society. Yeah. Uh, I also think, though, that the reason this is a news story is because this pope has obviously been infinitely more progressive Mm -hmm. and kind of thought provoking than the last several popes. In particular, Pope Benedict, I think, was really conservative and Pope John Paul before him was fairly conservative, but also was, I think, something of a reformer. Well, Mm. well, they spent years covering up sex abuse scandals. So if if he reformed anything, it was how to hide things. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying in relation to that. Uh, yeah. I just, I just know I had a, I actually had a friend in high school whose parents were extremely conservative Catholics. And he was like, they, he's like, th- they thought of Pope John Paul as like way too liberal. <laughs> was oh, like, wow. And I was like, wow. Understanding uh, that like Catholics, you know, I mean, this is a tangent or whatever, but, but like, there's such a bizarre, to me, there is such a bizarre, um, like, iconography to Catholicism like this, like, yes, he is more liberal, but like this type of like rhetoric is, is clearly not going to sit well with most people, especially people who don't want to have kids, especially Nor is it helpful. people. It's harmful. It's not helpful, actually. but I'm also like, I also see what <laughs> from watching the Long Island medium who is Catholic. Oh. She's like, you know, she's devoutly Catholic. Okay. And the way that she reads people is also devoutly catholic in a way that feels elementary and like juvenile yeah. <laughs> like really like like hallmark store card hallmark card style readings with i see singles. an angel over that, your shoulder but that's what she says yeah, yeah, and yeah, at a certain right. point i'm like you are so long island and so costco and hallmark that like the way that you read people is it makes me think that it really actually degrades whatever I th- might have thought about Catholicism. Yeah. And this kind of goes along with that, where it's so cut and dry and almost goofy. Well, I, I mean, think but it, you it, can it should also... degrade what you think of psychics, but yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, right. but it can also, it can also like, I mean, you could say the same thing for a lot of different religions and certain of course, things. Of so course. like my brother is, uh, he asked me to be the godparent of the oh, child. Yes. I'm weep, I'm crying. I know. And I, my first text to him was like, you know, I'm honored, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But then I was like, but wait, I'm Jewish. And I don't think a, a, I can, I can't be a godparent to yeah. a Catholic child. Like, I don't think that's oh. how it works. And they said that I can be unofficially within the family, of course, be a godparent, like in a non-religious yeah. sense, but I can be a witness at the baptism <clears throat> to the child. So then I wouldn't be a godparent. I'd be half godparent, half witness. So then I said, I would like my title to be goddess. Godparent, <laughs> witness, goddess. That's funny. I think that's you know perfect. How- and I plan on going to that baptism fully as Sadie. Me- like, me- meanwhile, know. he's like, never mind, never mind. <laughs> yeah, Stay in LA. He's making other plans right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not even joking. So excited. Brent and I in particular, because we are huge yes. fans of this show, yeah. are so excited to have Chiggs Palmer here today. Hello, Chiggs. How you doing, guys? How you doing? Good. Okay. Good. Now, now, Chiggs obviously is famous for being in the most recent episode, uh, a recent season, season of Great British Bake Off. Yeah. Although it's a great, the great, great, it's the great British Brit baking show there, right? And it's, the, it's a great British, no, it's, it's Bake great, Off there and it's Baking yeah. Show here. But uh, you, I mean... 
you know, spoiler alert, you do very well. And, <laughs> uh, and you're like, and you were, it was a particular phenomenon because you were really new to baking. You started baking. Yeah. From the very beginning, that was the biggest thing. I literally, I was like, he, oh, also a spoiler. Oh, actually, no, I'm not going to say it. If you didn't watch, you're really missing out. But yeah. the whole season, I'm like, this guy's storyline is literally perfect for 2000, yeah. then 21, like now yeah. 22, in that you started baking during the lockdown and you're in London. You're, are you in London or where? where about uh, I'm just, out, just outside of London, an hour away from London. Okay. Leicester, right? Leicester. 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 <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure it's Leicester. <laughs> That's like how they say they spell they spell in Massachusetts word uh, Worcester, but it's Worcester. Worcester. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. We yeah. really ruin everything here, don't we? <laughs> we really butcher everything. Mm, but you started you. baking during the lockdown in England, and and you kind of discovered this talent that led you to Bake Off, right? Correct. Yeah. So the way it all started, I think. Um, it was in March 2020. That's the thing. That's when the first lockdown happened in the UK. Um, and whilst that was happening, just before that, my sister, my brother-in-law, they live in London and their house was getting renovated. Um, so they came and moved in with me for a bit while their house was getting renovated. Um, and then he brought some sourdough starter with him. Um, it all starts with the sourdough starter, doesn't it? Exactly how it started. Um, and then I started baking sourdough loaves and I was doing that on a weekly basis. And I kind of got good at it. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to try doing some other stuff. Um, then I started making some cupcakes. Um, started making cookies, brownies, and different sorts of bread. And I made some churros. And just one thing led to another. And I thought, you know what? I'm enjoying this. Um, and then I started yeah. going to a few bakeries when the bakeries started opening up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, especially ones in Leicester. And then... There's a famous baker from New York called Dominic and Sell. Uh-huh. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, me and my friend uh, went into London because he opened up a bakery in Victoria in London. Um, so I went over there and then he does something called DKAs. Um, uh-huh. And so I brought loads of them back, brought them back home. I started looking at them, examining them. Yeah. Like, well, I'm doing this kind of stuff now and try to get into a bit of French patissier. And I started doing lamination, mm-hmm. making my own croissants. And then I just oh, got addicted. So so I'm curious. So like, were you good immediately? Were you immediately making things and, and they were coming out miraculously well and you were like, oh, I'm good at this and I'm going to get even better. Or did you, did you have a few rough months? Soggy bottoms. Did yeah, you yeah, have yeah. a lot of soggy <laughs> bottoms? Right. Yes. Yes. Um, so there were times where I baked some things and it worked out absolutely fine. So when I first made my first DKAs, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this worked. I was both shocked. Yeah. Um, and they came out really well. But there's been certain things that I've made have been absolute disasters. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so certain things I've worked out really well, some things I haven't. But the thing is with me, I'm not afraid of making mistakes because I learn from my mistakes all the time. I will yeah. not give up and I'll keep doing it and doing it until I get it right. Do you um, feel like after you started, because my mom was a baker and I yeah. she had a bakery and everything, but I really didn't oh, bake until... I became an adult, you know what I mean? Because yeah. my mom wouldn't let me in the kitchen because she knew I would fuck <laughs> everything up, which yeah. I did in the beginning. Which, yeah, you would. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. exactly. And and even to this day, I'm like, wow, I make so much of a mess. My mother mm-hmm. was so clean. Uh, but do you find like going to bakeries is a different experience for you now? Because, you know, like I remember I was going to try to make something that you made on the show before we did this. And I realized, oh, fuck, I can't make anything. <laughs> Like I literally can't do any of it. I was going to make the raspberry chocolate square. On slices. Yeah, the slices. But then I was like, 
holy hell, the steps in this. I didn't have the time. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But do you, um, do, you, do you experience bakeries differently? Um, yeah, when I go to bakeries now, I'm always looking for new things. I can go back home and try them. Yeah. Um, so I'm always looking out for new recipes and some sort of inspiration now. To, you get free stuff now that you're famous for baking. Yeah. Uh, well, I, sometimes I get a lot. I got I get recognised quite a bit now when I go to bakeries and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, there was one. There's a new bakery open in London, and I went there the other day, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And as soon as I got there. So some people in the background pointing at me and stuff like that. And I'm like, everyone. <laughs> I just want my croissants and I want to leave. That's what I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a and a croissant, please. Yeah, well, yeah. So Brent and I are, Elliot's not as obsessed on the show, but he's obsessed with food. Like of the yeah. three of us. I was going to ask like how yeah. much, how much of a, how much of a sweet tooth goes into taking up baking as a hobby versus mm-hmm. just sort of the, the desire of the hobby itself. Yeah, because um, you started with sourdough, have, so yeah, I have sweet teeth. I don't have a sweet tooth. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I've, I've always loved sweet things, um, and I think that that kind of encouraged me to bake because I thought if, if I like eating sweet things a lot, like I want to learn how to make some of these things as well myself. Right. Because with the lockdown, I couldn't go anywhere to buy some of those things. So I thought, let me teach myself to make them. Um, so, but my passion, first of all, has always been food. Like I've been a foodie since I was a kid. Uh-huh. My whole family, like many families, um, we come from a very foodie background. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thank my mom, my grand, my aunties, my late father for that as well. Um, I've been I've been cooking since the age of 10, um, ever since I was like high enough to you know get on top of the kitchen counter and, yeah. and stuff like that. So I've always watched my mom, I've always been intrigued when she's making food and stuff like that. I've always wanted to watch and learn, and yeah, um, I've always loved food, but mm-hmm. baking, I used to dabble now and again. Um, yeah. but not since I'm not taking it seriously since the lockdown, tell you the truth. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oops. So, all right. So I, I do want to geek out a little bit uh, <laughs> uh, on, on the show. I, I have a couple, like just several logistical questions about the great British bake off. No problem. First of all, what is Prue Leith like? Oh my God. She I want to like the most so bad, like fashionable, <laughs> fascinating. Like she's like 82 and she's the most hey. beautiful, well-dressed. 82 year old I've ever seen in my life. So what is she like? What is she like in person? I can remember the first time I saw Prue Leith in real life. I think that was, I think it was on the second day I arrived Mm -hmm. at the venue where where the show's filmed. And I think I was going into the practice tent and I saw Prue with her two dogs walking. Oh my God. She has two (laughs) dogs. I around to George and I was like, George, there's Prue. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I was like proper starstruck. And she, you know what? She's an absolute legend. Um, she's such a sweet woman. Um, and she's so glamorous, like yeah. ridiculously yes. glamorous. Like the clothes that she wears is re- like only, only she can pull it off. I mean, she she has like or to to explain to the people who haven't watched who are listening, she has like orange lipstick that she'll match with yeah. like this, like with like a Matisse looking sweater. And like a like a jagged necklace. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just it sounds and, and of course I'm describing it and it sounds like she's a crazy person, but she's stunning. She's stunning. Yeah. My boyfriend and I are going to London this this upcoming summer. God willing, COVID, yeah. you know, doesn't yeah. screw with all that up. And I'm literally planning outfits based on like what Prue wears. <laughs> like I'm 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 planning yeah, looks right. based on Prue, just to right. look around. <laughs> one, one thing I really loved about Prue is that you don't really get to see her, but her trainer collection, her shoes and her sneakers and stuff like that are amazing. Like they're so good. Yeah. Like, I'm a massive sneakerhead. So when I see yeah. her training and stuff like that, they're like they're like the custom made for her. Like she's yeah. got all these funky laces on them and yeah, she's brilliant. 
It's funny you say that because I did notice you have four Nike boxes yeah. on the shelf behind yeah. you. So There's I was like, this oh, that's <laughs> more down there. Wait, so I have to ask you another show yeah. question. So I, there, there, there is a difference between, well, there really isn't because I'm a fan of like so much UK TV. And I've always said that we in the US think that the UK is so like, prim and proper and everything but your reality <laughs> yeah. tv is just as trashy as oh ours. yeah like i mean some of the oh, best I mean, oh. some of the best is, and it's and i love yeah. watching it but that said the british bake-off is markedly different in how the temperaments in which the show and it is a reality it's a competition show but it's a reality yeah. show everyone is so nice and i know i'm not nice when i bake like i know <laughs> i get i get very angry and no. when i burn the bottoms of cookies i will angrily <laughs> throw those cookies out and and like yell at people so yeah. how do you remain so nice and are tensions ever high in the tent like do you feel the anger tension ever i don't think there's any anger tension i think there is a lot of stress you can tell when people are stressed out mm-hmm. um when I was in the tent, I, I don't want to say it sounds selfish or anything like that, but like I always got into my own little zone mm-hmm. and I was just focusing on what I needed to do. Yeah. Um, and you're kind of oblivious to what's going around you yeah. um, until you have a spare moment. Like something, if something's proving or you're waiting for something to bake, then you'll have time to look around and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but then sometimes that can stress you out even more because then somebody could be doing something different and think, Oh my God, I didn't do it that way. Yeah. So I kind of like went into my own little zone and just focused on what I needed to do. Yeah. Um, it was not until I actually saw the show on TV. That's when I realized, Oh my God, I can't believe that happened. I don't can't believe that happened to Joe. Yeah. I can't, I can't yeah. believe that happened to George or Maggie. So when yeah. Maggie's um, cake split, I like, I didn't know that until the show happened. Yeah. Um, so I was like- screaming at home. I was literally <laughs> screaming at the television. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was so a funny. disturbing day for Alan. Because the show is so, um, it, it's it's uh, it's um, it's like survivor, right? But it's considered, I believe, it's been called slow TV, and that it thrived during the pandemic because it has such a uniquely calming presence. Mm-hmm. Um, that and maybe and because you can think of, I mean, I I don't watch um, um, baking competitions uh, regularly, but like I know that other ones that might be on the the Food Network here are. Sp- you know, particularly cooking competitions are like at a frenzied pitch and it's yeah. meant to feel absolutely <laughs> very insane. catty usually. Yeah, yeah. catty. Yeah. But like this show instead really does have a, have a uniquely calming presence. And um, I wonder how much, yeah, I guess how much more stressful it feels in the moment rather than how it's produced. I mean, I think, I think for this time, I think there was no cattiness at all in our, in our season. I don't know what it's been like in previous seasons and stuff like that, but I think the fact that we got to live with each other, mm-hmm. so yeah. we were in a bubble, uh, we were having breakfast together, we'd practice together, then we'll have go off and have lunch together. Yeah. And then in the evenings we'll chill out, we'll watch movies, and we'll have dinner together, we'll go and walk. So I'd go for a jog with Freya and uh, with Freya most of the time. Um, yeah. So we really got to know each other really, really well as individuals. Um, and I don't think that was ever going to happen again now on Bake Off because I don't think they'll ever do it in this way. Yeah, um, and that's why I feel blessed to have gone through this whole experience because it's it's like a one-off experience for Bake Off. That's yeah. never happened before. Yeah, um, and yeah. I think you could actually see the TV, the relationships, the relationships we all had with each other. I think the relationship, like I built, I made eleven brand new friends, and the age yeah. of forty-one now, I never thought I'd be able to say that, but like we speak to each other on a weekly basis, like. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, we've got a WhatsApp group that we talk on a regular basis about. Okay, like, good. All right. <laughs> we, we all meet up on a regular basis. So like, it's, it's good. Um, and I don't know if that's going to ever happen again on Bake Off. Because yeah. I know in previous seasons, some people still meet up and they're really good friends. But like, this is the first time all of us have got together. And like, we get together on a regular basis. And speak. Yeah. It, it, it translates because at the at the end of the season, uh, this actually happens almost every time the season ends. I gently weep uh, <laughs> as they show like the compilations of you guys like all hanging out with each other mm. um, after the season. So, all right, here's another logistical question. Uh, so, when uh, Paul and uh, Paul and Peru are doing the judging, mm-hmm. are they really eating? like fifth to 12 bites of cake in the Great span question. of like five or 10 minutes, or does it actually take them like an hour or two to have all these bites of food? And it's of course edited. Uh, so, yeah. um, in the beginning, there's 12 bakers. So the judging takes longer, obviously. So okay. the way it's filmed is like, they'll come to you first of all, they'll be with you for about five, maybe 10 minutes questioning your bakes and all that kind of stuff and then they'll go off Prue will touch your makeup up a little bit and then pull it <laughs> a little bit and then move on to the next thing so the judging can take longer when there's more bakers there but when when there's less and less bakers there they move around a lot quicker yeah. so it, it is in a short period of time wow it's not like it's not a long period of time the judging is wow and, and so they're, they're probably not taking massive bites. And is that, is there something, oh, and here's, a, I'm sorry, here's another logistical question. You guys are making these huge cakes and they each take like two bites. Do you just throw them all in the trash afterwards? Or do you guys like eat the cakes or give them away? How does that work? They get demolished, the, the production crew and the, the oh, sound okay. all right. yeah, 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 yeah. They get yeah. eaten. We'll yeah. all get, a, they'll, they'll take a slice of each cake, they'll put it on a tray and then we'll have that for right. dinner. After, right. after, after mm-hmm. for, for like dessert um, right, but the rest right. of it will get demolished by the, the food producers the camera yeah. crew the sound crew the runners yeah. and all that kind of stuff right okay <laughs> what is what is paul i mean the other thing that's fat i mean brinson and i obsess over two different things on the show he obsesses with sort of the technical side of yeah. the show and how it's the minutiae as the alan minutia. said it last yeah. week <laughs> i do he, a, he a gets into disturbing. the minutiae i yeah. get into the 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 really the stress of baking and like even though, I mean, like Elliot was saying that it is, and it, it definitely had an effect during the pandemic. People were finding the show very calming. I find the show like a nice little hug, sure. Yeah. But I definitely am not calm while I'm watching it. Like I'm very, <laughs> yeah. my anxiety rises. And I, cause I want, I want so badly, like for you to do well, you know what I mean? And when something goes wrong, it becomes this like very hard emotional mm-hmm. thing. And yeah. I mean, I guess I kind of want to know like, during the course of the show, as you were doing it, did you ever feel like intimidated? Because I mean, you obviously were a home baker and you had yeah. no background really, except for the sourdough and, yeah. and, and a very limited years of experience with the sourdough. So like, did you ever feel intimidated by some of these bakers who, even though a lot of them were home bakers, they had been doing it for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah, every, every episode, every time I walked into that tent, I was intimidated. Yeah. I think the, fir- the first day when we walked in, we all got to know each other and then everybody got their phones out and we were all looking at each other's bakes and stuff like that. And I was like, are we allowed to swear on this show, by the way? Oh, yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything, go to crazy. I, I looked at the phones, I was like, shit, what the hell have I got myself into here? I was yeah. like... <laughs> I like my stuff looks really basic and some of these guys were baking such extravagant things. And then I made the mistake of looking at Jürgen's stuff. Oh, 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 yeah. I was like, oh no, Chirag, you're going to look like an absolute idiot on TV now. Um, <laughs> but then I thought, you know what? 
I can't go in there being frightened. Look, I've got into the tent for a reason. Obviously, the, the, the producers and them lot have seen something in my in my baking stuff that I've, I've presented to them um, during the audition process. Um, and they've liked it. And I'm just going to go in there and do my best thing and do my thing and don't worry about what everyone else is doing. Yeah, um, yeah. And for me, that kind of worked because I, did, I didn't go in there. I didn't go into the competition to win. I just wanted there. I wanted to learn. That's the biggest thing I really wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and and the nice thing is that all the bakers, if you ask a, if you ask them a question, they'll answer it and they'll help you. Like yeah. for me, yeah. Jürgen was my baking. Like I've said oh. this on many interviews. Jürgen was my baking Yoda. Like he oh, taught yeah. me so much stuff. Like I've got so much time for that guy. He's the sweetest man ever. He is so. Um, he's like, you he's know, like that, a German that was, little Yoda. That was. I will <laughs> say. <clears throat> and then I have another question in a minute, but I will say. So again, spoiler alert. Blah blah blah. <laughs> Jürgen. Going home before the finals was one of the biggest curveballs I think I've seen in a reality yeah. show in my yeah. life where, mm-hmm. you know, normally you can kind of tell that the top one or two th- people who early in the season, you're like, this person kills it every time and they're going to be in the finals. And we're just trying to figure out who's going to be number three. Yeah. And Jurgen going home, like, was that, was that like a gut punch for you guys? Like, what was that like? So for me, so I think that was well, week eight. That was right. No, no, week eight. Not week. Week nine. Sorry, that was French Patissier week. I got a handshake on my layered slices, and I thought, right, wicked start, brilliant start, right. And then we did the technical challenge, and I think that was a sable Breton tart, mm-hmm. and and mine was an absolute shambles. It looked like green puke. Um, yeah. We had to make um, <laughs> a pistachio creme mousseline, and mine just didn't set, and it yeah. just went. So that was day one filming. I packed my bags and ready to go. I was oh, really, like, yeah, I was looking, I'm going to go home now. And I was happy at that point as well, thinking, you know what? I want to go into the showstopper and I'm going to give it 120%. And at least I can go with my head held high, yeah. knowing that I've only baked for a short period of time and yeah. I'm a semi-finalist on the bake-off. Yeah, um, yeah. So, and, then I, and, and then I kind of did amazingly well. On, I'm saying amazingly well, but in my turn, that was, that was the best, I've ever made my entremets look, the little apple things that I made. Um, yeah. And I was really chuffed to bits the way it came out. Mm-hmm. And I think what Jürgen said was true. Me, Giuseppe and Cristal were more shocked than Jürgen that he was leaving. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what happened. Um, well, from the beginning, you, know, you and you and Cristal were like, literally the only people my boyfriend and I were cheering for. Like, I mean, <laughs> everyone else was lovely and fine. And I liked Jurgen and I loved, I mean, I loved Jurgen's bakes and everything, but you and Cristal were love like Jürgen. the moment for us. We were definitely <laughs> like always watching. So, I mean, Thank it was, you. it was definitely so great to see you both in the top three. So <laughs> you, you, Oh, no, I, let me ask this real quick. Ellie, sorry. Um, so you alluded to this a second ago, and this is another sort of my last fundamental question about the show. Uh, as an American who watches the show, Paul Hollywood, who has been one of the, the two judges now for the entire duration of the show, mm-hmm. is this endlessly revered guy where even if he gives you a hand, if he gives you a handshake at the end of uh, a, a bake, it's like people will melt and sometimes <laughs> they start crying. But as an American, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And like, <laughs> it's crazy. I'm like, so, so my question is, is was he already was he bigger a than Mary legend Barry. in it? Was he already a legend in baking before the show, or did he become a legend because of the show? Oh, good point. So I remember Paul because like he comes on our uh, on our satellite TV quite a bit before that, and I think he had a couple of bread shows that I used to watch before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think 
And Paul, if you're watching this, I'm really sorry. I don't know if this is <laughs> By the way, he's not. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> um, but I only remember Paul from the Bake Off properly. Yeah. yeah. Um, like for me, him, Mary, Mary and Prue are like, they're the show. But I think because Paul's been there from day one, mm-hmm. like, yeah. it's him now, isn't yeah. it? Like the show is a lot about him. Yeah. Um, he's cheeky so, too. He's fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, he's, he knows his stuff about bacon. Yeah, like yeah, when he yeah. when it when it came to bread week, we're like, oh shit, this is bread week now. This is Paul's week. You need to <laughs> right, make right. Yeah, up. he had a bread show on. I mean, I just remember I, I kind of geek off on UK TV stuff in general. Yeah. So like, oh boy, Paul yeah. was had this bread show that like, I think Lisa Kudrow was a guest on one episode, and like he had done a lot of sort of like UK based yeah. shows. But Mary Berry is like the equivalent to our Julia Child. Like Mary Berry yes. is like an icon. Of cooking yeah. in the UK, so when I when it first came on, I was geeking out over Mary. But my mom had Mary Berry books, which is like wow. Oh wow! Yeah, like Mary Berry was everything. Is that baking royalty in the UK? She is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. and Prue too. Prue was also yeah, like, is too. huge. Is huge. Chicks, have you met a lot of other contestants from previous seasons? Oh yeah. Yeah. So what happened was, I think Halloween, um, Lizzie uh, organized a Halloween party mm-hmm. for past and present bakers. So I got to meet a load of bakers from previous seasons. What'd you wear? Amazing. I went dressed up. I don't know if I got photos. <laughs> um, I dressed up as one of the Squid Game characters. I had the red jumpsuit. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, nice. So yeah, that was pretty cool, actually. An amazing time. And it was it was great to to meet bakers from previous seasons because mm. you can talk about your experiences and they totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was great to meet them. And they, they, they were also helpful as well because after you finish Bake Off, you kind of left and you, you kind of go into the unknown because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so it's good to ask them questions. What did you do? How did you deal with it? And all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, it was good to get advice from them. Um, so yeah, you still work your, everyone's so friendly. Yeah. Don't you still work your regular job? Yeah. I'm still working right now. Yeah. And it's not in food, right? No, it's not in food. I'm a, I'm a sales manager for an insurance company. How do you do oh, how does that work? Yeah, how do you do both? So it's, it's, it's tiring. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I work. I work seven and a half hours doing my normal job, and then in the evenings and weekends, I'm doing my baking stuff. Wow, that's insane. Oh that, that, what, ideally, would you would you like open a, a bake shop, or do or do you want to keep it recreational and fun for the uh, and, and, or write cookbooks or like what is like your ideal profession within cooking so i definitely want to get into food because i've always been a foodie kind of person and i would love yeah. to have a career in food or baking or something along them lines um currently right now i'm trying to come up with some ideas on a, on a cookbook mm-hmm. um so I'm, I'm writing my proposition for that currently at the moment uh, me opening up a bakery or something like that in in in, in the uk i'll see what happens yeah <laughs> the city that the city that i live in right now leicester it's saturated with dessert parlors and bakeries and stuff mm-hmm. like that. There's a lot of it there. Yeah. And for me to open another one down here, I don't know if it's the right time with the current economy and all that kind of stuff as well. So yeah. currently right now, all I want to do is focus on making my brand and creating my brand. Yeah. Um, and again, people forget, like I'm still new at baking, so I'm still learning loads of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I want I want to take a few courses in French patissier because I really really enjoyed doing that. Um, yeah. I love making little dainty pastries and stuff like that, really pretty yeah. stuff. Um, so again, I want to go on a course, maybe go to Paris and do a course there for a couple of days to oh, just nice. to, to enhance my skills. Um, 
So I'm const- I'm continuously learning at the moment. Yeah. Um, and I just want to continue learning. I want everybody to see the journey that I'm going to continue going on after the show as well. Yeah. Well, one thing I wanted to ask you, and this will be our last question, is you obviously were, I mean, one of the things that I, I remember seeing on social media when you were on the show was people would obsess about you changing your glasses or you, <laughs> like, you became... Like, well, you became, I guess, like, you know, the the hottie of the season in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like going <laughs> the crazy. style icon of you were the British style icon yeah. of the season in a lot of ways. And so for me, I know because I have a lot of friends who do like I mean, all of us are connected to people who do really yeah. nice big things. And they have those moments where like the Internet is obsessing over you, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the amount of people DMing you must have been you must have gotten some <laughs> insane DMs over. I mean, well, I know Brent and I both slid into your DMs. That's how you're on yeah, the show yeah, today. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, right. so like how how what are some of the craziest interactions you've gotten from people? I'm I because I, I know you probably have seen some pretty wild things. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so pre-bake off, I wasn't on social media at all. Um, and then I, to- I told my friends and my family, look, I don't really want to do social media because I wasn't a big fan of it at all. And then I sat down, sat down with my sister. My sister's like my go-to person. I go to her for everything. Like she's mm-hmm. my, if I ever get into trouble, I do something stupid or I need advice. <laughs> oh my, God. my sister is the first person I go to because she always puts me straight and she brings me that back, back down to earth as well. Mm-hmm. So Chiggs, you know what? If you don't go on social media, you might miss out on a lot of opportunities. So I thought, okay, cool. I can't believe how much social media's changed compared to when it was because I was on Instagram when it first started and I was mm-hmm. on it and then I've not been on Instagram for about six years yeah. until now and it's so different now um yeah. but then I opened my account I had about like 36 followers on Instagram when I first started this was pre me being announced that I'm going to be on the show yeah. and then all of a sudden I'm on what 155,000 followers now yeah and I'm like wow this is like a full-time job and it's only right. looking at a social media account it's crazy right um and then the, the DMs and stuff like that I've been getting. Oh my god! Some of I'm like some people don't have no shame at all. <laughs> oh, and that's what's so bizarre about Instagram. Oh, I love it. I love the crazy exactly. parade. Like, my my DM was very respectful, by the way. But anyway, I know. <laughs> some of the stuff that people have sent me, I'm like, what do you want me to say to this? Like, you're yeah. sending me these pictures. You're sending me these oh videos. My like, god. What do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to comment. Like, I'm like, yeah. like, I'm like, I'm laughing at some of the stuff. I was like, don't you have any shame? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's I mean, what it's become. It's, 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 it's almost, it is really like a, a, a place where people have somehow have been emancipated to be shameless. Yeah, and it's, yeah wild. exactly. It's a wonderful <laughs> kind of social experiment in a lot of ways yeah. to see how far people will actually go in the random. Exactly. Beat. I mean, like the, the, the love production who produced the show and stuff like that they they do warn you about all this kind of stuff before mm. talk to you about um social media and how to be careful and all that kind of stuff um and honey girls honey potting you and all this kind of stuff so when you get these kind of messages if it gets too weird you just block them yeah, um, yeah. if someone's yeah. asking you inappropriate stuff then you can block them and just ignore them anyway so yeah um, well, I love how Love Productions will actually like tell you about all the nudes you're gonna get after you, <laughs> yeah. do, after you do the show. They warn you. Do you have? Um, but is it over cake? Is it over cake? That's the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chigs, this has been just an absolute delight. So uh, where can he? Where can people find you on the internet? Where can they send you those those naughty? No, DMs? don't no more naughty. DMs. <laughs> you, you can follow me on Instagram. So it's the late bloomer, uh, the late bloomer UK. Um, so if That's you want right. to follow me, please follow me on that. 
I've been ill for the last two weeks. I've not posted so much stuff, but I am back on it from next tomorrow and this great, weekend. I'm doing a lot more baking, so I will be a lot more active on social media again. Um, but you guys have been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, really we've loved it. having you. Thank you so much for being here again. This was You're like welcome. so much fun. And another thing. So in light of having spoken to Chigs, I thought it'd be a fun thing to do a very, um, well, I guess 40 something thing at this point, but let it, let's all describe our dream kitchens. <laughs> I don't think that's a 40 something thing. I think people are, I mean, the, the, the Zillow search there, I mean, there, there's, there's that meme going around, which I think is so funny of people dressed like very poorly in a shitty apartment looking at million dollar homes on Zillow which I think so mm. many people 20s 30s 40s and ups yeah. are like just yeah. obsessing over Zillow has really changed how we look at homes yeah mm. yeah, yeah. It, is, it is kind of crazy like I I was able to use Zillow you can look at pictures of like the home I yeah. grew up in until I was in fifth grade yeah that we sold in the 90s that my parents sold in the 90s I was able to do a tour of it recently because obviously the last time it was it, sold, yeah. someone posted all the pictures and like, they obviously still live on Zillow or wherever. And it's just, yeah. it is just kind of surreal. You can't like, do that I'm with my, at my old bedroom. Like my, cause my, my, we built our house. Uh, and my no, family I thought has not it moved out. Your old childhood home was, I think, torn down because oh, that's right, it, it, it had it was so demonic. Yeah, the yeah, demons, yeah, yeah. The demons. Had uh, but to <laughs> talk I mean, I still about, laugh about Ellie, it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so go ahead. Sorry. No, I still laugh because there's that clip of, or not clip, but there's that the movie. It's complicated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Meryl Streep and Alec Baldwin, and where and Steve Martin and Steve Martin. And such a huge part of that movie is her describe. She's a she's a baker like Jake's, yeah. and she try she wants to have like a dream her dream kitchen in santa barbara it's a nancy myers movie so it's a lot of real estate porn but the way in which she keeps describing her dream kitchen is hilarious because her kitchen is beautiful and she bake like a test kitchen for baking but you know for me i just i love the idea i don't even cook but i but i feel like i would cook if i had kitchen counter space maybe i mean that's just one of those you know i think fantasies but Mm -hmm. uh for me open concept uh (laughs) I like marble. I don't want marble. It's very that, that like Greco-Roman, like Italian look is so Long Island to me. Do you want like stainless steel? Yes, stainless steel, but also whatever the like white. Maybe it's white marble, like not like marble that looks like. Oh God, how do I put? I don't even know how to describe it the right <laughs> the way. The kind that has like the gray steels in it, like you know, like the lines in it and stuff. Like you want? Yeah, the... I, just, I don't. I want like I want like clean. Clean colors, <laughs> and stainless steel. Oh but I God. also want a, a kitchen that looks like lived in and used. But you want bit. it lived in, but you want it clean and open concept. Yeah, I want it clean and open concept. But Those I want don't like, go together. Things <laughs> hanging so that it looks like, oh my God, he uses this all the time. And yeah, um, um, a little, I guess, a little like bistroy. But Elliot's like note it. to his designer. So I want this to be completely <laughs> new and open and different, <laughs> but make it look like I've used it before. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't have, I guess that's that, that's pretty much it because I don't cook, yeah. so I don't even know what I'd want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wait, do, do you cook? No. So wait, what do you, like, what did you eat for dinner, dinner last night? Um, I had a pre-made meal from Whole Foods. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I just do like pick up, <laughs> Healthy I always foods or whatever, or yeah. I always picture you whenever I picture you eating dinner because, as we've talked about many times on the podcast, Elliot loves desserts and and has is like 
it's not that you don't eat regular food, but it, I almost it's can't envision it. I always picture like when I think of you eating dinner, I picture you like grazing on nuts and like yeah, that's yeah. I, I'll do yeah. like a, I'll make some sort of like spread. I, like I could literally eat like a um, what do they call it? Uh, uh, when they put all the fr- like uh, it's like a tray with ice. charcuterie. Uh-huh. No, I could eat oh, charcuterie no. in mm-hmm. its own way too, but like a tray like it's like a 50s thing with a tray with ice and all the um vegetables okay. on it and dips yeah okay i forget yeah. what that name is but yeah i like to yeah. gra- you're right i do i like to graze he's um, like eating eating like he has like a bag of peas as his dinner or something i, I like grazing yeah i don't care about dinner unless it's like i'm going out but yeah for me it's a means to an end right yeah. so my so i don't really have a dream kitchen i don't i don't care i do actually cook and i've started cooking a lot more than i used to um and, but I, I have this weird, this is the, when Elliot wrote this, it reminded me of my parents used to watch, or actually still do this old house on PBS. Oh yeah, Bob and Bula. when I was in high school, I came downstairs during an episode and I saw the guys in the show pouring this like weird black cement countertop. Mm. And I have subsequently, <laughs> I obviously didn't stay to watch the end of the show or watch how it looked at the end. Um, but subsequently, I've like remained obsessed with that black countertop my entire mm. life. And it was mm. just imagine like just like midnight black cement being mm. poured and, of course, smoothed. Um, and I don't know if it was just because like wet cement looks so like appealing or if it was just kind of cool to see like a black top on a on a counter. But that is like the only require the only specific requirement i have for a future dream kitchen is that it has a black poured cement countertop <laughs> oh, i just like you know what i love terrazzo give me anything that didn't you i was making sure i was saying it the right way but yeah it's terrazzo is that type of like tiling or flooring that yeah. that's like specs it's all like yeah. little specs oh, oh it's, i yeah. love it so much i'm looking at oh now. i have a very clear idea of my dream kitchen in that I don't want an open concept. I want, I want just like I want the I want the pan the pans hanging over you know the stuff. I want the pans hanging for sure. That's what I'm but thinking of. Yeah. The only thing that I want is a massive island. Like I want. Yes. Yes. With, yes me too. With yes. the sink in it, I want the sink yep. in the island, but nothing barn else. Barn sink. Barn I want sink. Nothing, yeah. Barn sink. But <laughs> nothing else. I want nothing else on the island. Some people put the stove on it and all these other things. No. I want for me. Like whenever I look at an island at home, I'm like, okay, so could I film YouTube videos there of me cooking easily? Mm-hmm. Like right. in an island accommodating to me showing how great I am at this thing. And when I was a kid, we didn't have an island, but we, my kitchen, my family, my home kitchen was like my mom, there was like this bar that sort of like sort of wrapped around the kitchen and there was the table that everyone would sit at. And my mom would sort of like hold fort, if you will, mm. at, at the kitchen sink or sort of at the counter sort of looking down on everyone sitting at the table and then she would prepare the things that she mm-hmm. would do. Mm-hmm. And I've always imagined myself, even when like we went to Palm Springs that one time mm. a couple of years ago and we did the cooking and stuff, like I find comfort in standing in the kitchen or being yeah. near the kitchen mm, and being able to know sure. where everything is and make things and make the things happen that need to happen. And so for yeah. me, that island is sort of like <sighs> my desk. It's just sort yeah. of like I, yeah. where, where everything, where I can create everything and do everything I need to do so that's like the only requirement for my dream kitchen. Everything else I want to be in a Nancy Myers movie. Yeah. <laughs> I just want, I want like a, whenever I watch house hunters and they're like complaining about kitchen size and it's like a big kitchen. I'm like, yeah, shut up. Shut up. And it's also very funny when they're also like, 
we have to like squeeze by each other and i'm like shut up and then i realize like in reality it's like yeah i guess that actually could be annoying i will say it is it is i i oh sorry alan go well one thing to that is one thing that i have purchased because i have an apartment kitchen which is not very large although it is Mm. i do love our kitchen a lot because it's a lot better than our old kitchen but um i do i recently purchased because i needed more counter space for baking and stuff you know and i just don't have it i can't create counter Mm -hmm. space and so I bought this thing on Amazon where you can cover the two, two things on the stove. You know what I mean? Like the two thing and you, yeah. and you have another, you have more counter space oh. basically. Oh. So I use that for like mm. more counter space. It's been great. It, it is a reflection. I mean, entertainment does this. Um, I think the best example, this is entertainment will depict people who are quote middle-class or lower middle-class in like far more extravagant circumstances than than anyone of like remember yeah uh married with children he was a he was the only person that worked in in the house he was a shoe salesman so he worked retail and they had this palace <laughs> of a house yeah. where it was like it was huge and i remember even at the time thinking like how do they afford this place yeah again that's like that's hollywood's idea of middle class you know yeah. you still need a big enough place to have even on home improvement that dude yeah. posted a local <laughs> right. show. Michigan money. Mm-hmm. You're like, far in Michigan. And she was going back to school. That no one was making money in that home. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah but Joe Castle Baker's mom was making money from that show. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I love him. I love him. What would, would your, your aunt, aunt say? say? Rent, what would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show? I just Googled it. It's not a barn sink. It's a farmhouse sink. Oh, she yeah. knew. <laughs> um, my Aunt Joanne would say, um, ask Brent and Alan and Chiggs if any of them have ever seen a ma- them make a babka mm. on, <laughs> on British reality, baking whatever. But <laughs> How about Aunt, Aunt, uh, Aunt Anne? My Aunt Anne would say, I'm so glad you had Chiggs on the show because the whole season I was calling him Chips Ahoy. Mm, love that love that love chigs love yeah, chigs. that was great well yeah. thanks for listening i'm elliot glazer i am chigs parmer and i am chips ahoy 